if you're around sales long enough and you're around enough salespeople, you'll hear some sort of a conversation about how sales is tough on relationships. And if you read between the lines, you'll hear what's really going on. Every single message you deliver is really a sales call. Either you are selling or being sold. Salespeople love to brag about their skills. And the truth is, your success in closing sales depends on your skills, your abilities, and finding the right training. And the great news is, you have come to the right place here at The How to Sell Show with your hosts, Dale Bell and Scott Sylvanbell. And be sure to join the party at howtosell.live and download your copy of The 10 Common Mistakes Salespeople Make. Aloha from Sacramento, California. Today is a good day. Today I'm coming to you live from my studio and I figured I would have the conversation that's in sales. I wouldn't consider it an asbestos underwear conversation where it's one of those uh, ones that nobody wants to have and nobody wants to talk about and they lock it up and they put it in the dungeon and they're like, I don't want to have this conversation. I would put this as one where people are like, well, we're going to put this one in the back bedroom and we'll get back to the conversation later. And when you take a look at the problems that are created from the world of sales and the issues that that sales create for people. One of them is the the struggle that people have with relationships. Whenever you talk to salespeople, and it doesn't really matter the industry, you'll find that salespeople eat, sleep, and drink sales. Uh, it doesn't it doesn't ever stop. It's always a conversation about what's going on, what deals are being closed, what deals haven't been closed, who's selling what, who's not selling. You know, when when it's time to be in the office, when it's time to be out of the office, who was the first person in, who was the last person out, who closed the biggest deal, who closed the smallest deal. And, you know, it's, it's competition all the time. It's competition and it's macho competition. And you'll find that one of the things that happens because of eat, sleep, drink sales, uh, somebody who's not ever been in sales or somebody who's not a salesperson, they don't really understand what that what that causes and they look and they're like, this is weird. This is strange. You know, this is unusual. It's one of the things that like, if you step away from sales for a while, you'll be like, well, I'm not talking about sales all day long. I'm not talking about issues at the office all day long. I'm not talking about deals that I'm working or deals that I'm, I'm chasing after to close or people that I'm following up with or problems that I've had at the office. And you're like, this is weird. Once again, closing deals is the second greatest feeling on the planet. You pick the first. And so there is, there is that rush. You're always chasing the dopamine rush of getting another deal. When you take a look at it, there's three main areas that salespeople really struggle with uh, when it comes to relationships. And I'm going to put the first one as ours because this is the one that comes up the most when I'm writing with salespeople and they open up to me. They'll be like, oh my goodness, you do not understand how much my girlfriend, how much my wife, how much my husband, how much my boyfriend hates the hours that I work. And it is the point of contention with a lot of relationships where people are like, like, come on, really, do you have to work all these hours? Do you have to be at the office all these times? Do you have to? And and it's interesting because once this conversation starts, it's like dealing with a client who's really angry and upset about what's going on. And then after about, I don't know, two or three minutes, sometimes four or five minutes, the salesperson goes, oh, I'm so glad I could get that off my chest. And I'm so glad that you understand because when I'm at home, they, they just don't get it. 
you know, a couple years back, I got a phone call from a friend who had gotten married to a non-entrepreneur, a non-salesperson. And this person just was like, Scott, I, I just, I got to get this off my chest. You're the one person on the planet that would understand. And for about 30 minutes, this person just told me all, all this stuff about what was going on. And one of the biggest things, points of contention was the hours because this person worked a ton of hours. With the hours of working all day, the weekends, the holidays, you miss out on events. You, like, sometimes the best times to work is when everybody else is off because that's when you get the most amount of attention. Uh, when I did in-home sales, sometimes, depending upon the weekend, depending upon the holiday, it was really busy. You know, let's, let's go through the, the holidays. New Year's Eve, eh, not so busy, not that big of a deal. But, you know, like President's Day, it was still cold outside in Sacramento, probably. Uh, Valentine's Day, probably. Uh, you know, you would get to tax day. Tax day would be slow, uh, normally. And then you would get to Memorial Day. Memorial Day uh, would typically be busy. Fourth of July, busy. Uh, Labor Day, eh, not so busy. And then you go Halloween, it would start to get cold, it would get busy. And then Thanksgiving, well, there we go, it's busy again. And then Christmas, you know, not everybody wanted somebody at their house at Christmas time. But like, if you take a look at like even cars, people tend to have times that they buy and tend to have times where they want to go and they look at cars. And a lot of times that just happens to be a time that you would spend with a significant other, probably a, a, an evening or even a weekend. And so like the rest of the world looks around, they're like, I don't get it. Like I work a nine to five job. I don't get why you have this on your mind all the time. I don't understand it. At, at, at five o'clock, I clock out and I go home and I don't have to worry about it. I cook dinner. I, I wind down. I have a drink, whatever people do when they get home. But what they don't do is they're not like, you know, when I go to the office tomorrow, I've got to do this, this, and this. Not to the extent that salespeople do. This becomes a huge fight and a huge contention. I mean, like the amount of time that salespeople are working on deals and thinking on deals and being about deals really freaks non-salespeople out. The second area that I see where people really struggle is going to be emotions. And some of this is going to be a conversation that bubbles to the top. And some of this is just going to be a conversation that's, you know, right below the surface. And what happens for a salesperson is a salesperson will live through a lifetime of rejection in an entire year, maybe more. Most people don't go through the amount of rejection that salespeople do, especially when they're starting out. And so like if I have a significant other that's never been in sales, they don't understand putting in time, energy, and effort, and then getting nothing in return for time, energy, and effort, including money. And so you go through a couple of times of time, energy, effort, risk, no money, time, energy, effort, risk, no money, time, energy, effort, risk, no money. Uh, there is an emotional toll because then you start questioning yourself as a person. Am I good enough? If it, can I do this? Oh my goodness. If I am good enough, how come I can't do it? If I am good enough and I can do it, how come I'm not making money? If I am doing it, I can't and, 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 and I get money and it just becomes like this echo chamber in the head of now time, energy, effort, money, risk, and then add on the layer of your peers looking at you. Add on the layer of the boss saying, hey, what's going on? So, I mean, there's all these elements of defeat. There's all these elements of you think you're good enough at what you do, but you're not good enough. And then you add in the layer of trash talking that goes on in an office. Like Being in sales is very masculine in a lot of places. It's very, it's very adrenaline 
pumped. Like, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to dominate you. I'm going to beat you. Like all the things that you, you would see. Like I took copywriting lessons from uh, Lori Morgan. And one of the things that she talked about, she was like, hey, when you, when you do copywriting for women, you have to take out all these aggressive masculine words. And this was like in 2013, 2014, when I took this class and I started looking around offices that I was working in. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is very, a very dominant type of conversation because it, that's the type of, of field of work that it is. And so what happens is it's tough to go home and live up to that rejection. You live up to the rejection to the boss, to the coworkers, and now you got to go home and you're like, I don't want to go home and say, I didn't close any deals, right? I left this morning and I, I had this conversation with the significant other, with the wife, with the girlfriend, with the husband, with the boyfriend, whatever you got. And, uh, you know, I told him uh, today was going to be a better day and I was going to close deals. And now I'm going to go home and I'm going to have to say I didn't close anything. And now I'm going to have to have a ton of questions. And I don't want to answer questions. I just, I want to go home. I want to, I want to get on to the next day. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to talk about why things didn't happen and all the millions of questions and and. It just, it spirals out of control. Sometimes the questions don't feel like questions. They feel like interrogation because the person that you're, you're in a relationship with is emotionally invested in you. And so they're trying to get to the bottom of like, why do you have so many emotional problems? What's going on here? And so instead of it being a back and forth, like, Hey, how was your day? Oh, my day was good. It feels like, why didn't you close a deal? Right. And then so you're like, what just happened? Aren't you my significant other? You seem like the, the demon spawn that's trying to come after me for not making a deal happen. And then so what happens is that person who's in sales, like they start bottling up and they don't get things off their chest because if they go home and now they open up, it can be used against them. Another problem that you'll find with salespeople being in relationships is salespeople are used to talking themselves out of problems and talking themselves out of objections. And for people who are not in sales, people who are not in sales, they don't understand this. You know, it's it's tough to turn off the sales brain. It's tough to turn off the ability to to uh, combat what we would consider an objection. I mean, we. All day long, you've got a sales armor on you and you're deflecting objections and you're deflecting questions. And like for for eight hours a day, 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, you're wearing this uniform, so to speak, of salesmanship. And then when you get home, you're like, I've been doing this all day long. How do I how do I turn off the ability to flip the script on somebody like you're really going to complain about this? Well, why are you complaining about it? And then it turns into a sales process. And so the significant others are like, why can't you just have a conversation with me? And so people are like, I don't understand. What do you mean? I'm having a conversation with you. But what you don't see as a salesperson is because you've had the, the salesmanship on all day long. Sometimes when you get home, you forget to turn it off. And it's interesting because talking with salespeople when I ride with them, they always want to blame their significant other. They want to look at it and go, it's all their fault. It's all their fault. And they don't want to own up to like, hey, wait, maybe as a salesperson, you could be screwing up. Nope, 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 not me. My significant other just doesn't understand what I'm going through. And then we have this conversation. I'm like, okay, well, when you get home, are you always in sales? No. Well, tell me about what happened. Tell me about your back and forth. And then they tell me, and I'm like, hey, you were handling your significant other like you were handling an objection there. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize that I was doing that. And so when you add hours for the first example, and then you add in the emotional toll that salespeople go through, it elevates the fight. Now we're going to interject the third element here. And the third element is the money, the money. 
when when you're in sales and when you're beginning, you know, uh, sometimes right off the bat, you can double your income. And it's really easy to spend a lot of money because you're like, I make a lot of money, I got to spend a lot of money. And so since you spend a lot of money and you make a lot of money, then you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go out and buy really cool things and buy awesome stuff and take really cool trips and get these awesome clothes and these these watches and these cars and these boats and these motorcycles. And then you have a slow month or two. So now you got to go work the hours. You got to shine off the emotional toll, but now you got a money fight on your hands. Okay. So that's one element. If you have a significant other that really likes to spend money, you know, what's going to happen is they're going to look and they're going to be like, "Mm, money in the bank account. You know what I want today? I want a new computer. You know what I want today? I want a new purse. You know what I want today? I want new clothes. You know, and like the list can go on and on and on. And it doesn't matter if it's a man. It doesn't matter if it's a woman having some zeros in a bank account for some people is like, I've got money in the bank. Guess what? I better do something with it. So, you know, you come home from a hard day's work and you're like, well, wait a minute. What are all these bags in in the kitchen? What are these bags in the living room? Honey, sweetie, whatever you call your significant other. What's going on? Oh, I went shopping today. What did you buy? Well, I bought a new, and then the fill in the blank, and you're like, well, how much did you spend? And then you get told, and you're like, oh my goodness, like, like no, no, that was that's my that's my you know got a sales slump going on, uh, pile of money in the bank. What what are you doing? Well, it was in the bank. It was it was like let's just go out having some fun. I was just I was just splurging. You haven't been around. You haven't been spending time with me. You haven't been emotionally available. And I felt like I had to go spend some money. Now, they're not going to say this for the most part. This is really, you have to read between the lines. Like you got to read between the lines and objections. And they're not always going to come out and say these things. But like deep down inside, the real conversation is with you is you're not giving me enough attention. You're not spending enough time with me. You're emotionally avoiding me. So I'm going to do what I can to get your attention. I just got your attention. It may not be good attention, but guess what? I got your attention. And guess what? I despise how much time you spend chasing after money, so I felt like I was going to go spend it. And, you know, when I read with salespeople and I point this out to them, they're like, oh, my goodness, how do you know that? I said, you know, just I ride with salespeople. I have these conversations. I talk to significant others. I talk to people just about everywhere that I go. And sometimes I'll be on an airplane and someone will say, oh, my husband's in sales. I'll ask him, so what do you not like about it? And I'll, I'll go into conversation mode, but this is what I dig out of them. These are the things that they tell me, and these are the things that they they explain. And sometimes it, it, it takes some extrapolation to say, like, if you are saying this, could you explain it to me another way? Or if you're, you're saying this, and I, this is what I'm hearing, are you accurate? And sometimes people will be like, oh my goodness, you totally understand why I hate my significant other being in sales. You You totally get it. All three of these things chase each other. You've got hours being chased by emotions and emotions being chased by money. And if one of these is out of whack in any way, it's going to throw the other two out of whack very easily. You're spending a lot of time at the office. You're going to mess up some emotions. You're spending a lot of time at the office and not closing deals. You're really going to mess up some emotions. You're spending uh, some hours at the office and not closing deals. The emotional toll is going to go up. The money toll is going to go up. You're at the office spending a lot of hours, you're struggling and you're in a sales slump and things aren't happening and you're not making money, it's going to cause a big fight for your relationship. So you ask, what can be done? Okay, well, you know, there's a couple things. Depending upon your industry, 
you may not be able to control all of your hours, but you can control some of them. And one of the things to pay attention to is how much time you're spending with your significant other. Now, I had some really good role models growing up as a kid. My parents, every Friday night, had date night. And every Friday night, no matter what, they went out. Uh, when I was young and they were really struggling, you know, they would go walk around the block. Uh, you know, they would pick up soda bottles or cans back in the 70s and early 80s and go pay, you know, collect money so they can go watch a movie together. So like there was a lot of things that they did, but they made sure to spend some time together. And, you know, back when my dad was around, he would make sure that he would schedule time to spend with my mom. You know, she was a significant other. Next on this list is to schedule vacation. And I don't know how many times I'll talk to salespeople and they're like, I'm stressed out. Like, okay, tell me what's going on. Tell me what, what the situation is. And it always comes down to these three things, time, emotions, and money. And so we get to it. And I'm like, well, when's the last time you took vacation? I can't take vacation. Why not? Well, I don't have the time and I don't have the money. And well, what's going on? Well, my significant other, like, so sometimes, you know, by scheduling vacation, it gives somebody something to look forward to. You know, it's like, you know, everybody looks forward to a holiday or like even like Christmas and having gifts underneath the tree. There are times where people are counting down and they're like, oh, I'm going on vacation. And you know, talking to people, because I spend so much time in Hawaii and I bring it up and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go off to Hawaii. They're like, oh, I've got a vacation set up there for eight months and I'm counting down the days. And you can, you can watch, just go on social media. People will talk about how they're counting days down. People will put pictures of their timers on their phones with like to a date. They're like, this is the date that I'm doing something cool. This is the date that I want everybody to see. This date, March 25th, is going to happen, and it's going to be amazing. September 1st is going to happen. It's going to be amazing, whatever the date is. So you schedule a vacation. And the other thing is, is sometimes you just need a day away from the office. This is not going to be the most popular opinion. You know, sometimes you just you have to get away from the sales floor. You have to get away from running leads. You have to You have to get away. You just need some time off. So like sometimes you got to go to the manager and be like, I'm I, like, I'm, I'm not good right now. And if you're somewhat hitting numbers, you're doing stuff. I mean, they might come back and say, well, you know, go do what you got to do. They might say stick in the game and you got to fight. It just really depends upon who you're working with and who you're working for. You know, if anybody ever came to me when I was in management and said, hey, I'm really struggling right now. My first question was, what do you need? What can I do to help you? And then, you know, sometimes they would say, you know, I'm really freaked out about this or I'm freaked out about that. Sometimes they just need somebody to talk to. And then sometimes they would come back and say, I need, I need a day out. I, I just, I need like, you know, live in Sacramento. I need to go to the, to the beach. I need, I need to go to San Francisco for the day. Uh, I need to go to Reno for the day. And sometimes they would go be gone for a day. They'd come back and they would be all good. Sometimes they'd be gone for a day and it really didn't fix the problem as much as they thought that it would, but at least they had some relief. Two, for emotions. Be willing to talk through problems. Once again, as a salesperson, your job is to handle situations. And sometimes you handle your significant other. And that may mean that the tough thing for some of you to hear is to go to therapy. And therapy is not inexpensive. A good therapist could be, I don't know what city you live in, don't know what country you live in, but it could be 150 bucks a session for an hour. It could be 250, it could be 300. I want to share with you one of the conversations that I see people struggle with, whether they're a man or they're a woman. And so here's what happens is you have a couple that goes to therapy. You have a couple that is talking to a professional 
And what it comes down to is being able to claim victory on who's right on a conversation and who's wrong. So I'm sitting here with a professional and they're saying and they're agreeing with me that you're doing this wrong and it just becomes a fight. So uh, I was in a relationship and the person that I was in a relationship with, when we went to therapy, this is what they wanted. They wanted their trophy. They wanted their victory. They wanted their ability to be able to be at the house and say, see, the doctor agreed with me and you are the problem. The doctor agreed with me and, and you know, it just, it never worked out. If you're going to a therapist to say, I'm right and you're wrong, that's the wrong reason to do it. That's the, that's not going to get you anywhere. It's going to cause you more problems and you're going to have anything fixed. Part of this is turning off the sales mind. For me, uh, being in sales, and I got to give you an example of myself. So I, I'm not just like, hey, I'm talking about me like I'm so great. I screw up a lot. I make mistakes. I'm raising my hand and I'm saying I am not perfect. I'm just giving you some examples of what I've seen and what I've heard from other people and things that I've been able to do. So to turn off my sales mind is like, you know, I would I would get to the house and I would say, okay, sales day is done. Day is over. As soon as I close the door, not dealing with sales anymore. And sometimes people will call me and say, hey, I'm struggling. I need help closing this deal. Or I, I fell into this issue with a buyer. What would you do? And then they would tell me. And then I would verbally out loud say, okay, sales is done. It's time for me to move on to not be working on sales today. And sometimes I'd have to say that conversation two or three times out loud. And I would go work on other projects. I might read a book. I might edit a video. Uh, might play some video games. I might watch a movie. I'm a huge movie fan. Love movies. Part of this comes down to having non-sales friends. I did episode 50 with uh, Dr. Sean Davis, and we talked about closers addiction. And in episode 50 of the How to Sell show, he brought up a study where people who were in professions like sales and police officers and doctors typically have friends that are in sales, that are police officers or are doctors, and they get caught up in having the consistent conversation over and over and over again, and they can't get away from their profession. And so you do need friends uh, that are going to help you talk about non-sales topics. Now, part of this is going to be working out to get some of the emotions out. I always found, and this is for me, you may be a little bit different, and that's okay. I always found that a really good workout really helped uh, a tough day because I was able to, to emotionally get all the stuff out of my, my, my mind, off my chest. You got to figure out what your version of working out is. Three, money. Save some money. I know it's like, that's easy to say, but I mean, that's got to save some money. You got to work on a budget. And with this being said, you don't have to show off, you know, uh, it's, it's interesting being in the sales forums, how often people are showing off or flexing or like, look at me, look at the cool thing that I bought. You know, this is the awesome thing that I did. And what they're after is one, they want the public court of opinion to say, you're a cool dude, or you're a cool chick. Uh, two, they're after that dopamine rush of getting some attention. And, you know, to every single one of us, we have trophies. A uh, trophy could be a house, it could be a car, it could be a significant other, it could be a watch, it could be a technological device, it could be bragging rights, but we all chase trophies of something. For me, I'll tell you, my trophy is Hawaii. I'm not trying to brag like, hey, this is all the times that I've been and these are all the things that I do. But, you know, it, it truly is because... That's my, that's my place that I like to get to. That's my, that's my thing. And, and it could be very easy for me to be like, you know what? I just don't want to do any work right now. I'm going to go to Hawaii. 
well, that can create some money issues. When it comes down to it, you got to know that sales is very tough on relationships. Being in sales is tough to begin with them. Being in sales and being in a relationship can be very difficult. Thanks for checking out this episode of the How to Sell Show. You can join the party at howtosell.live to get the show notes, links, updates on new episodes, recordings of previous episodes, articles, as well as videos. You may not know this sales secret, but sharing this episode with a friend will bring you good luck. See you soon. Mahalo.